Good day, beautiful podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you are doing tremendous, and I'm sending you all of my prayers, well wishes, and good intentions to you, your family, your friends, and everybody you love. We've got a phenomenal episode of the show for you today. We have David Esselon, and we are talking about healing, success, and prosperity in challenging times. This is a great episode, and I will warn you that there were mixed reviews in the comments uh, on YouTube. Some people really loved his approach, and some people didn't because he um, says some things that are a little bit conflicting with what other guests have said on the show. I agree with some of the stuff he said, and I disagree agree with some of the stuff he said so i'm kind of in that boat so as always just use your own discernment you know take what you like and reject what you don't but you know he did have some interesting things to consider so um if you enjoy this episode please consider sharing it far and wide uh, leave a review on uh where you leave them itunes facebook wherever you can leave them i don't know social media is just a challenge these days but you can the best thing to do is become a member at mattbelair.com where you can get access to exclusive content and uh, you can get it for free or if you want to support the show you can do it by donation for those of you guys who want to explore some coaching with me and you want to look at getting a clear life vision overcoming limiting beliefs looking at tools for peak performance spirituality and mindset if that is what you are looking for hit me up matt at zenathlete.com i'd love to work with you and oddly enough i started to work with a lot more younger people these days it kind of comes in waves when parents reach out and want me to help uh, younger people who are either struggling or they are very exceptional and they want to teach them mindset skills so if that is you just hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com and i'd love to hear from you so that's it the best way to support the show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world and let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive into the show Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, compassion, power, faith, and get ready to enjoy this amazing episode with David Essel. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a number one best-selling author, counselor, executive coach, international speaker, radio TV host, and minister whose mission is to positively affect 2 million people or more every day in every area of life, regardless of their current circumstances. His newest book, Helping Americans Heal, The Ultimate Guide to Healing During These Challenging Times, just became another number one bestseller. Welcome to the show, David Essel. Matt, great to be with you, and I'm excited to go through everything that we can do today to lift people up around the world, brother. Oh, wow. Well, I took a look at your background, and you have been in this, um, what would you call it, like category for years. You're like, a, I'd say like an OG. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your background? But first, did I pronounce your name correct? I want to make sure that I got it right. I didn't double check before. David Essel. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so you've been perfect. doing this a long time. I think you've had 20 or something best-selling books. They're all in personal development, spirituality, you know. Uh, so why don't you give us a little rundown on your background? Yeah, Matt, you know, I started out in the world of sports psychology. That's my uh, my background. And uh, I played basketball at Syracuse University for a couple of years. Uh, that was a few years ago. <laughs> and uh, that, that's, that's when uh, guys my size could actually play at the Division I level. Now we wouldn't have a chance. But, you know, I went from that into sports psychology in the first 10 years of my career. Uh, I was working with athletes, bodybuilders, health and, and fitness uh, enthusiasts. 
uh, all about the brain, you know, all about overcoming stumbling blocks, plateaus, losses, defeat, et cetera, injuries, you know, and then I started to get really bored. Quite frankly, I was working with so many different athletes that in 1990, I had a woman come to me and she was an athlete, but she had an issue within her marriage. And that got me moving into the direction of relationships. I became then a minister so that I could actually work with families and kids and everything else uh, in every area of life. I'm an all faith minister, a former pastor of a church. Uh, my work, though, isn't really in religion. It's much more into spirituality. Um, I find that there's a massive difference between religion and spirituality, and um, I don't put down any religions. I just have found that when people are incredibly open-minded in the world of spirituality, which might include religion, is that they see growth at a much faster rate because there isn't as much dogma, Matt, you know, and this is not putting down any church or any religion. I would never do that. But for me personally, I found that the pathway opened up immensely. And then through relationships, I got involved with addiction recovery. We have a brand new book coming out, Permanent Alcohol and Life Recovery. It's going to blow people's minds. We talk about things that are on the cutting edge right now, like microdosing plant uh, medicine to decrease anxiety, depression, addiction, et cetera. We have government studies in this new book proving this stuff is real. It's not about getting high anymore. It's about helping the body to heal. So we've always wanted to be out on the edge, Matt. I've never been comfortable being in a box at all. And I, you know, 43 years now I've been doing this work. And I think the reason why we have such longevity and success is because we continue to progress on our own. You know, we continue to stretch our brains, our minds. We, we look at every option possible to help people heal. I'm not stuck in my uh, college training years from the 70s and 80s. You know, we are in 2023 bringing all of the greatest information available today to help people regardless of what area of life they're challenged by. Well, I love that. And I like that you have the uh, sports psychology background because it's just something that I'm so interested in. You, when we look at performance, it's important. But when you work with a lot of athletes, you realize that uh, some of their sports performance shortcomings comes from some sort of a mental, emotional, or spiritual thing from their childhood, not feeling good enough and things like that. And if you can make a whole, happy, harmonious human being full of self-love and worth, they'll do better uh, in their sport. But also we can now transition that into life, whether you want to apply it to music entrepreneurship, your family relationships, it kind of spills over. So why don't we just start with the idea that, you know, what are some of the things that you've seen to help people who are, you know, down in the pits, they need to heal from something. Maybe it's past trauma. Maybe they're struggling with addiction it, because we've got to start with health first. If you've got your health set up, then you can, I think, improve your mindset. And then from there, you can start dreaming a little bit bigger and designing your life deliberately. What you just said something really crucial, and, and that is, is that, and we, what we say is step one is always to remove and step two is to add. What does that mean? Well, you know, if, if you're struggling with addiction, the very first step is to get help to remove the addiction. I mean, all the positive thinking in the world is not going to shatter an addiction to alcohol, nicotine, sugar, heroin, uh, uh, watching TV, debating the pandemic, for God's sake. You know, that's an addiction these days. Video games, the freaking phones. The phones are an addiction, you know, I mean, it's crazy. So very first thing for everyone with us is that whatever you're struggling with, whatever area of life, remove first, add second. So get help to remove the addiction. Now, let's talk about a poor attitude, you know. Well, we have to remove the poor attitude. Well, how do you do that? Very first thing, 
What are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we reading? And who's in our circle on a daily basis? This has everything to do with attitude. You know, I have people with the worst attitude in the world and they're consumed with conspiracy theorists, uh, co- theories about everything from the pandemic to politics to the racial division. And so we say, listen, you can't have a great mindset if you're listening to crap all day long. If you're listening to people spouting off their own theories and who knows if they're even 10% correct, for God's sake. But because they have a million followers on YouTube, we think they know what they're talking about when they may not at all. So, you know, if you want a great attitude, really pay attention. What are you watching daily? What are you listening to? What are you reading? And who are you hanging out with? We cannot have a great attitude if we're watching the news regularly. Listen, I'm, I'm on media every day. Here I'm with Matt, another form of media, right? There are people that are so addicted to social media and media and news that you'll never, ever reach a powerful attitude until you switch those things out first. When COVID hit, I was attached to the news for six months. After six months, I have not ever watched anything on TV that has to do with the news. Now we're going on three years. I have no idea what's going on. When there was the uh, uh, the insurrection at the White House, uh, whenever that happened, January, whatever, on whatever year it was, I have no idea what happened. And I really don't care, Matt, because my work is lifting people. It's not about talking about crap. It's not about, you know, rallying and putting people down. I don't put Democrats down. I don't put Republicans down. I have no view on what they're doing. Why? Because to me, this is just my opinion. doesn't matter if anyone agrees with me or not. It doesn't matter. I really believe that. Now, if you are really into politics and you have a voice on everything and you're not engaged in the political scene outside of posting on social media and complaining all the time, get off of it. You know, I'll tell you a story. 1996, my brother, my younger brother, Terry, who I love to death and he loves me. uh, We were talking about news and what was going on. This is 1996. Now, remember. And he loved Rush Limbaugh and Rush Limbaugh back then was it, man. And he was all about politics. He was the biggest talk show host in America. And when my brother and I would talk, he would say, well, you know, this president should have done this. And, you know, according to Rush and Rush is right, he should have done this. And one day I said to him, I go, listen, my brother, I love you. But here's the deal. Until you get on your neighborhood association, until you join a political committee and where you live, until you are engaged with politics, don't ever bring politics up to me again. We will cease talking because all you are is a talking head right now. You're reverberating crap from some guy you're listening to on the radio. But the second you join a board, the second you're on a committee that is politically based, I will listen to everything you have to say. And Matt, that was the last week that he watched the news or listened to crap on the radio. Okay, and we talk about it. And and that's all I said was we just won't talk. Listen, I love you very much, but this is insanity to me. It took him about 48 hours to realize that that it was true. So for everyone out there that loves posting on social media, your unbelievable knowledge about the pandemic, your incredible knowledge about politics, your incredible anger about whatever. Until you're engaged in whatever you're angry about, knock it off. Because you're not only taking other people down, but you're taking yourself down at the same time.
<laughs> I love that you said knock it off. It's something I tell my daughter sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, I think we should dive maybe a little deeper into that idea because um, my uh, thought on that is we need to be aware of some of the challenges in the world, uh, but not be consumed by them. And like you shared your story about engaging like six months in, I noticed that it became uh, an addiction and a downfall and it, well, something that consumed people that didn't help them find solutions. So, you know, when I think you wrote a book and, and talk a little bit about the law of attraction and, you know, one of the base things they say that whatever you give your attention, energy and focus to, you get more of. And one of the beautiful things about uh, contrast, my mentor, uh, Michael Lozier, talk about, you know, how we can use all these things we don't want to figure out what we do want. And so when we look at the world, and this is something that I've done and see all these things that really challenge me and really frustrate me, I say, okay, you know, that is very frustrating. I don't like it, you know, with a lot of passion and energy, uh, but what can I do? What's the thing that I want instead? And so that was one of the reasons why I did the podcast was because there wasn't a lot of positive uh, information coming out about solutions. There's a lot of nonsense. So I figured mm -hmm. I could create something. Um, so if you want to look at that, it also reminds me of mental nutriments in Buddhism. You know, what are you consuming um, all the time? So I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. So how do you help people who would like, I think if we totally disregard the negative, right? Let's say you put your kid in a bad school, right? You go into a bad neighborhood without any, you know, you just, you're just completely blind to it. So how do you, how do you find that balance and then work full uh, tilt on the solutions. And I think that's what you're leaning here. Say, okay, look, that's upsetting, but otherwise you're just spinning your wheels on a hamster wheel. It's not helping you. Yeah. It's not helping the community. And it reminds me of David Lomberry. He's like, just do something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the poet, like you can just do something in the real world. Now you're pushing that needle forward. And that is a night and day difference. Well, you know, when, in our book that you mentioned, our, our most recent number one best-selling book, um, uh, helping the world. As a matter of fact, I have a, I should have a copy of it right here. Helping Americans heal, but it's really helping the world heal. Helping Americans heal, the ultimate guide to healing during these challenging times. We have nine, over 90 writings, Matthew, on all of the different stuff that's going on. And we have solutions. You know, like we're not just complaining. We're writing about like we, we have a, a, a writing I have that the world is grieving. I mean, it is. The world is grieving. Before the show, you and I talked about what it was like to be in a lockdown. You know, when the pandemic first hit, I mean, it put people didn't understand they were grieving, but they were grieving their personal freedom. They had no personal freedom. I mean, my God, you couldn't go anywhere without 15 masks and God knows what else, you know, and, and our personal. So we were in grief. But instead of people realizing they were grieving the loss of their independence and their ability to go to a grocery store, and, and there was actually stuff on the shelves. If you remember that, they're in the beginning of the, halfway through the pandemic. I mean, we go into stuff, there's no toilet paper, there's no water, there's nothing, right? So that, then we would start grieving. I mean, that's what was going on. We were grieving. But instead of grieving and instead of actually going, wow, you know, I've lost that, people got angry. You know, they got incredibly irritable. And, and so we say we have to understand that part of the grieving uh, process is acceptance. Acceptance of the new now. Acceptance of the new world. And that is one of the most difficult things to do because acceptance means you may not get what you want. You may not ever have the old life you want. We have companies that have closed completely that will never reopen. We have people that lost their jobs in, in the, in the, early in the pandemic, and I'm talking mainly about executives that I work with that still haven't been able to find work. And these are really top A-plus individuals. But because so many corporations have downsized or closed, 
there's less and less opportunity. Now, in other parts of society, there's more jobs open that people can't fill. You know, it's this really weird dynamic that's going on. But I think we have to understand that, you know, this is a different time, which requires a different approach. So our approach was, let's put out a book of solutions. Like, what do you do when you have PTSD? People don't even know what PTSD is, Matt. So we describe it. It's not just for veterans of war. It's not just the police. It's not just the first responders. You know, everyone who goes through major trauma is engaged in PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. We tell a story in the book of this woman that contacted me and she was not herself at all. She was incredibly depressed. And we went to, she goes, David, I just think I'm dealing with deep depression. I said, well, tell me what's going on. And then she tells me this, the, be, be, the year before that she reached out to contact me, she found out through someone else that her husband was divorcing her. Her husband didn't even tell her until she saw the papers, but she got a head up from a friend that said, hey, I heard that your husband's on the way to get papers to divorce you. She had no idea. A short couple months later, both of her dogs died. Then she lost her job and then she lost her home. So she said to me, I think I'm dealing with depression. It wasn't very long before I said, you know, Angel, this is a lot bigger than depression. This is post-traumatic stress disorder, which is depression times one million. It's depression. It's anxiety. It's overwhelm. Oftentimes it's fueled with addiction. And listen, addiction to sugar is just as powerful as addiction to alcohol. They both hit the same pleasure center of the brain. They both numb emotions. So we have people gaining weight. You know, in our country, the United States alone, uh, through the pandemic, we've seen about a 5 to 7% increase of Americans overweight or obese. Now, we were already at 75% of Americans are overweight or obese. Now we're up to 80 or 85%. So what we're saying is we're avoiding reality. When you're using any kind of addiction, which is the reason why I wrote the latest book, Permanent Alcohol and Life Recovery, you can't grieve. You can't function under addiction. It'll take away a portion of your troubles for the period of time, the substance or the behavior last, but it's not going to heal anything. So we gave tips and we give tips in helping Americans heal so that you look at depression, anxiety, overwhelm, divorce, addiction. And we say, yeah, this is real stuff. This is what it looks like. And here's what you can do to heal it. So we haven't avoided the reality of the world. We've just gone full force into giving more positivity, more options, more solutions versus bitching about who the president is and what they should have done differently. And, you know, what Pfizer is saying that's true and what Pfizer is saying, whatever. Let's get over this stuff and move into positive changes by accepting that life is different. Matthew, I believe life is always going to be different. I don't think we're ever going to go back to what happened pre-COVID. I think there's going to be more strains coming out at different times. We already know that. I mean, there's been how many different strains of this crap has come out since it started. I don't think we're ever going to go back to the normal life that we had before. But with the correct tools and acceptance, and this is going to sound crazy, we can have a better life. We can face the addictions and take care of them. There was a 1,000% increase in online alcohol sales when the pandemic started. Uh, Dr. James Burton, the number one liver transplant doctor in the United States from the University of Colorado, the other day on the news said, alcoholism is the largest problem in America today. Now, I'm going to pause for a second. I really want this to sink in. The number one liver transplant doctor 
is saying that alcoholism is the number largest problem in America today. We see it in our practice, in my private clinical practice. We see it constantly, people coming in, phone, Skype, Zoom. God, I'm working with people via Zoom and Skype from all over the world. It's not just America that's battling with alcoholism. But what's happened is when the pandemic hit and people didn't know what to do, they went to substances to try to calm their nerves, you know? And again, sugar, nicotine, pot, for God's sake. You know, I mean, anything that you want to numb out, you can find. And all these things work well. So we have executives that have come in that when the pandemic hit and their business was getting all jumbled up, they started having an extra glass of wine at night. This is three years ago. Then it turned into a couple extra glasses. Then their wife joins them. So now all of a sudden, they're both drinking more than they normally have, which leads to what? A happy marriage? Hell no. It leads to chaos, dysfunction, more challenges than we could ever believe. So we have these executives coming in that their businesses are struggling, their marriage is struggling, and they don't want to look in the mirror. And they don't want to see the fact that they've increased that much until they work with me and they start recording how much alcohol they're consuming. And it's usually about seven days later when we have our next session that their eyes have been blown open, Matt, and they're going, oh my God, I didn't realize that I was consuming this much alcohol or this much sugar or this much junk food or whatever. I had an attorney the other day who's gained 75 pounds in the last two years. Uh, an, an outstanding attorney. The guy is filled with integrity. He is amazing at what he does to give back to society. And yet he turned to food as an addiction. And now he's got all kinds of cholesterol, high blood pressure problems. And this is what, what we say to people today. The longer we wait, and if you look in the mirror and you see that you're consuming more of alcohol or sugar or junk food or television or whatever it might be, if you don't start to attack it now, in a couple more years, it's going to be 10 times worse. I was an alcoholic and an addict for 30 years. I started at 12. Um, I couldn't get enough. I would, uh, being a counselor, I would go home at night at 8.01. I would start drinking. I'd usually go to bed about midnight or one o'clock. I scheduled myself during those years of alcoholism, which was many years ago. I've been clean for many, many years. But I scheduled my day, just like all creative addicts and alcoholics do. We schedule our days to be able to do what we want and then perform. So my day would start at noon. I would end at eight and I would start drinking again. The morning was time for me to wake up, get my act together, move through any slowness that I had from the night before. I did that forever. We have people now, you know, because I'm admitting in the position I'm in that I, cha I was challenged like hell. I finally found that the only thing that really works, and this will rattle cages and that's okay, is permanent recovery. One day at a time doesn't cut it. The programs that teach it have a 10% success rate, Matt. Let me rephrase that. The programs that lean heavily on the one day at a time philosophy have a 90% failure rate. Just the other day, I had posted something that we have in our book, one of the future medicines that we see that's going to help with depression, anxiety, alcoholism, even Parkinson's. My mom died two years ago, exactly almost to this day from dementia. One of the worst freaking diseases you'll ever see in your life. Four years of absolute hell. That poor woman, she was a saint. She went through hell for four years before she finally left this place. Now they're finding out that the microdosing of LSD Maybe one of the greatest ways that we decrease these negative effects of Alzheimer's, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, dementia, 
depression, anxiety. And we have studies from our own U.S. government that I'm putting in my new book on permanent alcohol recovery saying, wake up, gang. Come on. We've got to get out of these programs that are using uh, information from 80 years ago that have never updated their crap. You know, the analogy I give to and, and part of the title of this book is going beyond the 12 steps for freedom, joy and happiness. What other program or company or organization in this world is still operating on the same procedures of 80 years ago? What car dealership do you know of, Matt, that has file cabinets and manila folders on all their clients instead of a computer? Are there any, are there any businesses in this world that aren't based on technology that has advanced us to this point? then why are we still stuck on these organizations that have never updated their material? In the book, I say this to all 12-step organizations. There's so much information, crucial information in addiction recovery that's come out over the last 80 years. I said, I encourage you as an organization to get involved with the most recent scientists, behavioralists, and everyone out there that's doing, they've been doing incredible work and start to integrate it into your program. I also say in the book, Call me. I will help you. I want to see more people recovered. I recovered myself completely. I don't even call myself recovered, man. I'm David Essel. I don't say I'm a recovered alcoholic, a former alcoholic. I sure as heck am not going to call myself. <laughs> I just saved us both, Matt. Um, I, I'm not going to call myself an alcoholic. I haven't drank in decades. Why the hell am I going to label myself? But these organizations, they're still way behind the times. I say that with love. You know, there's one great benefit that these organizations offer, and that is this. When someone walks into a meeting, it's one of the most difficult things you'll ever do. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. You're raising your hand and you're saying, I have a problem. That is the greatest benefit that those meetings offer. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be humble. You have to be honest to walk into a meeting. I went to 120 straight meetings in a row after I got out of a treatment center because I wanted to have integrity. I told the counselor at the treatment center that I would go to 120 straight meetings. I followed my word. After those 120 straight meetings, I said, this has to change. And we changed. That was 30 years ago. And I created a permanent alcohol recovery program. Then we finally wrote a book on it. But, you know, I want to have the, the most positive difference and make the most positive difference in this world. And I'm doing it. And I want people to realize that the only way we're going to be able to move forward is by changing the way we're living now. If we don't change the way we're living now, if we still keep watching too much news, if we still keep arguing on social media, nothing's going to change. But we have the power, Matt, by changing our lifestyle to change our life. And I want to make this comment, and I know people will also be questioning this little puppy. You know, the law of attraction is a fantasy world. The secret is pure fantasy. I have been in the news as a TV host and a radio host for 40 years. I have never interviewed anyone from Deepak Chopra to Wayne Dyer, Susie Orman to Kenny Loggins, uh, Keith Mitchell, a former NFL All-Pro linebacker from the New Orleans Saints. I could go on and on listing one name after Meatloaf, the former singer Meatloaf. Uh, the founder of Transcendental Meditation, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Um, I've interviewed everyone that you can imagine. Not one person has ever said that they put a thought out into 
a universe and did nothing. And that thought created their universe. Never seen it happen, Matt. I've worked with bodybuilders. I have a major league pitcher right now that I'm working with. If you said to him, did you get to the major leagues through putting a thought out into the universe that you wanted to be a major league pitcher? Or did you work your ass off? And did you go through hell to become a major league pitcher? Matt, I can tell you what the answer is. And he didn't think his way to the major league mound. When I work with bodybuilders, you ask a bodybuilder, did you win the heavy championship, heavyweight championship at the Arnold Classic by affirmations and vision boards? Or did you actually go into a gym and eat correctly and whatever it might be, you know? Like your positive thinking is 20% of your success. If you were someone that put a thought out to the universe, I am sober today and you became sober today. That's not the law of attraction. That's called a miracle. And good for you. Keep them going. Colonel Sanders, one of the most successful business persons that ever has walked this earth, made his first million dollars at 68. He started in his 20s. He didn't get any recognition until his late 60s. He didn't get that million dollars at 68 through vision boards and through affirmations and this universe stuff. At 88, he became a billionaire, Matt. He didn't become a billionaire by his thought process alone. So I think positive thinking is awesome. My God, I'm one of the most positive thinkers in the world. Through my addictions, I was a positive thinker. But it never did anything to help my recovery until I committed, completely committed to getting sober and then going to recovery. So, you know, I, I, my first number one best-selling book is called Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life, but this book will. We, I, I wrote books, Matt, for 20 years, okay? I never got a single accolade. We barely sold any books. And then I put this one out that says, Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life, but this book will. And it instantly went to a number one bestseller. And I got to tell you this story. Have you ever heard of Jenny McCarthy? Uh, yeah. She is a... Very famous former Playboy model, former Sirius XM radio host, and she is the creator of The Masked Singer, one of the most popular shows on television that I've never watched. <laughs> okay, I don't watch television unless it's basketball. That's about the only thing I watch. So she invited me on her show. Jenny is massive. She's one of the biggest stars. She's so humble, so gorgeous, so smart. She's everything that you would want to believe that a, a gorgeous woman could become. And she is that. She's a role model for everything. And she brought me on the show. And uh, in New York City, I flew to New York. I walk in the studio. She grabbed me, hugged me. We laughed. We smiled. And we go to the show. And then she goes, okay, gang, listen. I got this guy, David Essel, sitting across from me. You know I love the secret. You know I love the law of attraction. You know I love positive thinking. And he's got a book that might prove me wrong. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give David three minutes to sell me, and then I'm going to give him my response. David, are you ready? I go, hell yeah. <laughs> she goes, go. At the end of three minutes, she gave me the timeout. She sat there looking at me. A smile came across her face. She leans towards the microphone and says, ladies and gentlemen, boy, have I been wrong. You are listening to the new leader of the positive thinking movement, David Essel. When you really look at reality, we want to look at the truth. If people could think their way to cars and a perfect body and sobriety, Matt, you would not have a show. 
I wouldn't have a job, Matt. There'd be no need for counselors and positive books and positive podcast hosts like you are. If it was true, it's not true. Now, why do, do those programs still sell? Why? Because it's called marketing, Matt. It's the same thing that Napoleon Hill did when he released his book, Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon Hill was brilliant. There is not one story in that book of someone who thought their self to riches. There's not one story. Every story is a story of one hurdle after another hurdle after another hurdle until the person became rich. So, you know, these programs based on nonsense, kindergarten, fantastical thinking uh, philosophies are holding more people back than helping them. It's not about positive thinking isn't beautiful. It's just not enough. Um, we had recent football games. You know, uh, the NFL had two big playoff games yesterday. Um, if you went up to any of those players and asked them, did they get there via thoughts that they sent out to the universe? I think you'd probably either get hit or laughed at. I don't know which. <laughs> because what are all the hours they put into training? What are all of the injuries they've come back? Surgeries they've come back. Do they come back from certain? Oh, my God, with positive thinking, do they heal their freaking uh, uh, anterior collateral ligament with positive thinking or do they go to a surgeon and go through rehab? I'm a huge fan of basketball. And Matt, if you don't jump in quickly, I'm going to eat up this whole show. <laughs> <laughs> I just let you go. Sit back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> but, there, you know, one of my favorite basketball players is Clay Thompson uh, from uh, Golden State Warriors. Him and Steph Curry are they're called the Splash Brothers. And before they became famous, uh, their coach was Mark Jackson. And I loved Mark Jackson when he was a player. When he became their coach, I instantly loved Golden State Warriors. They became one of my favorite teams and they sucked when Mark Jackson took them over and they had the splash brothers. They sucked. They really did. Well, he goes, he goes and, and, and has this major injury. Clay Thompson does, and he's out for several years. And when he came back, I mean, several years from his knee injury and surgery, it wasn't like a couple months, it was years. And when he came back and they did a special on the, 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 the intense rehab that he went through, the intense emotional rehab, psychological rehab, physical rehab. It was off the charts. He said, you wouldn't believe how many times I wanted to stop, to quit, but I pushed my way through. Matt, he didn't say that he used affirmations to push himself through. He didn't say he used affirmations to heal his knee. You know, I, I, I want reality here. You know, I want people to get real. There are so many people that aren't at the level of success they could be because they're leaning on crap like this. And I can say it and I can tell you why. From 1980 until 1996, I taught the law of attraction. I traveled the world 40 weeks a year as a professional speaker. And then I went on a nationally syndicated radio show. We were in 300 cities every week for 10 years with Westwood One. And until 1996, I started with Westwood One in 1990. In 1996, I was still preaching the law of attraction until I had an interview with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the founder of Transcendental Meditation, one of the most incredible mentors. And I will say gurus. And for people that freak out at that word, all it means is teacher. So don't get too bent out of shape. It just means teacher. 
<laughs> so I had one of the most incredible teachers, one of the most incredible mentors, someone I looked up to, someone whose program, Transcendental Meditation, changed my life in the 80s. In 1996, it was the 40th anniversary of Transcendental Meditation. And if people don't know what it is, Google it. The U.S. government has put millions of dollars into studying the effectiveness of TM against every kind of condition you can imagine. And every study came back positive. So Maharishi, his organization somehow found out about me. And in 1990, I did not meet him in the 80s. I had met his, his staff and I'd gone through this intense training of transcendental meditation, but I had never met uh, Maharishi until 1996. I was so excited to have this guy on. The Beatles, the Beatles are why transcendental meditation became so popular because in 1960, four years after Maharishi created Transcendental Meditation, the Beatles took it on and they traveled the world speaking about the power of Transcendental Meditation and how it got them out of addiction and all this other kind of stuff. So I have Maharishi on and we're talking, we're jamming on the show, we're having a blast and we go to a break and he says, now imagine this, he's about four foot 11, he has hair down past his butt, gray hair down past his butt. And he's an Indian guy. And he, and he said this, he goes, Oh, David, you really love positive thinking, don't you? And he talked in that Indian voice, you know, I was dying laughing. And I said, Maharishi, I love positive thinking. And he goes, tell me your favorite affirmation. I go, Oh my God, I've been saying this from 1980. This is a true story, Matt. I did from 1980 to 1996. This was my affirmation. I am David Essel, a child of God, happy, healthy, and sober today. Maharishi said, that is beautiful. Is it all true? And I lied. I lied. To one of the greatest teachers I've ever had, I lied directly to him. I said, yes, it's true. He said, David, then don't stop a thing, but always remember this. If what you're thinking as an affirmation is not true, you have zero integrity. So for all the people with us who wake up and say, I earn a million dollars a year. And by the way, that's $83,000 a month. Figure out how you're going to do it outside of your freaking affirmation. Are you lying to yourself? Do you even earn 100000 Do you earn 200000 Do you earn half of your lie, of your lack of integrity? Or if you wake up and you say, I have homes all over the world. Do you? Now, if you're a millionaire earning a million dollars a year, big difference between being a millionaire and earning a million a year, by the way. If you say you're earning a million dollars a year and you're not, you're in complete lack of integrity. So a couple weeks later, I'm speaking at a massive conference in Orlando, Florida. I get down off the stage. There's a line of people asking questions and autographs and all that kind of stuff. And I get to the very back and there's this tiny little woman there. And she, you could see she's like impatient. And I finally, I go, I am so sorry. It's taken me this long to get to you. She said, listen, I got 20 minutes. I've got to fly um, back. I'm, I, I only have 20 minutes. I said, what, what do you, would you like? She goes, I need to interview you, but I've only got 20 minutes and let's go grab coffee. I said, okay. So we're racing to get coffee. I said, what magazine or what newspaper are you with? And she said, I'm not. 
We sit down. I said, who are you with? She said, Maharishi. I said, Maharishi Mashiogi? She goes, yeah. I go, why are you here? She goes, he sent me here. He told me to fly down and interview you because you interviewed him a few weeks ago. I said, yeah. I go, I can't believe this is blowing my mind. I, and then she goes, well, he only has one question that he wanted me to ask you. And I said, what's that? And she said, what do you remember from the interview? Now, Matt, this is a really interesting question because weeks before that, I had interviewed Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer and Susie Orman and some of these other big names that I'd been interviewing forever. And if if uh, someone would have said, what did Wayne talk about? I go, oh, my God, he talked about the seven spiritual principles uh, that he used after he had a massive heart attack. And, um, you know, what did Deepak? Oh, Deepak talked about the four of this. And, and she said, you know, what do you Maharishi wants to know what you're I go, oh my God, I swear to God, I can't remember a thing. She goes, David, you must remember something. And I said, I'm really struggling. I go, for some reason, I was so blown away that I had Maharishi Mahesh Yoga. I can't remember anything. She goes, oh, come on, David, there's something. So I sat there and I said, oh, oh, I remember what it was. And she goes, what? And I said, he had so much joy and peace. He was like a six-year-old laughing, giggling the whole time, almost like the, the Dalai Lama does during many of his interviews. You know, he giggles and laughs and and she looked at me dead in the eyes and she said, do you remember why you remember his joy? And I said, because it was so profound. And she said, no, this may be hard for you to hear, but I want to tell you the reality. The reason that you remember his joy is because you don't have it. And I said, what are you talking about? She goes, I know, David. She goes, listen, this is a tough one to swallow but we will sit at his feet for eight to 10 hours and he'll speak to the inner circle without stopping. And at the end of it, we'll all go out and we'll say, I can't believe he spent so much time talking about this topic. And someone will go, I don't remember that. I just remember him talking about this. And someone else will go, what are you guys talking about? He mainly talked about this. She said, he is so gifted that what you remember is what you do not have. And so I just want you to think about that. And I said, you know what? Our interview's over. I go, look, it. <laughs> I've been doing this work for a long time. I have a great career. I live on the beach. I drive this kind of car, blah, blah, blah. You know, all my small ego bullshit. And she said, I know it's hard to understand, but it'll click. And two weeks later, Matt, I came out of a three-day binge. 2.30 in the afternoon on a Tuesday in 1996. And I looked in the mirror and I said, you have no joy. Anyone who has an addiction does not have joy. And that was a massive turning point about the law of attraction and about David Essel. David Essel had a lot of work to do. David Essel was living in denial. And the affirmation helped me live in denial, Matt. Because when you're saying something that you don't want to face and you're saying you're sober and you're not, you can escape reality. And you can stay in that pretty little fake world of affirmations all you want. And nothing will ever change. We need to think about this. You know, what happens is, is that we get sucked into the vortex of mass consciousness. So someone like Oprah, who I love to death, if she promotes the secret, well, guess what's going to happen? The secret's going to sell 2 million copies. doesn't matter if the secret's good or bad. If Oprah says that she likes it, it's going to sell. So the secret takes off and then mass consciousness takes over. What's mass consciousness? Mass consciousness is, oh my God, if Oprah says this, or if this person says this, it must be true. I need that book. 
It doesn't mean the book is accurate. It means that we are followers. It means that we're ducks instead of eagles. And that's what mass consciousness is. People go into, if you go into your, your dresser right now and you have more than three pairs of jeans, I would say, why? Well, everyone needs six, 10, 20 pairs of jeans. Why do you have 10 purses? Well, everyone, you never know. I have this one for the, is it necessary? Or is it because your girlfriends have it? Did you get that powerboat because you really needed it and wanted it? And you can, can't afford it really, but did you get it because of why? See, advertising, marketing, and our next door neighbors, the Joneses, trying to keep up with all these things, you know, is mass consciousness. To break out and be a leader is really difficult. And now I'm going to call myself a leader because I am one, Matt, and that's not arrogance. It's just that I want to lead people into a beautiful life. And if you're on social media arguing, I'm so sorry, you'll never find a beautiful life. If you're constantly on the news, I am so sorry, you will never find a beautiful life. I want to be a leader to help people move away from mass consciousness and become more individuals instead of just being on that rat wheel, doing what everyone else is doing because everyone else is doing it. If you think the vaccine is right for you, do it. But don't do the vaccine because you're being pressured by your neighbors. Be an independent thinker, for God's sake. You know, and 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 that's my work, Matt. You know, in a nutshell, my work is about helping people to realize their true potential without falling victim to popular ideas that may not be valid at all. We have a lot of individuals that will follow a protocol of, let's say, um, what, what are some of the like really popular uh, intermittent, intermittent fasting? OK, this is a great one. Now, for certain brain chemistries, that will work and that program could be amazing. But for most of us, it won't because our blood sugar levels, when you don't eat during the day, but your brain is eating calories and you're exercising the gym, but you're having no food for 10 hours. For most of us, there's going to be a crash, a blood sugar crash. And that will include irritability, lack of focus, lack of productivity, et cetera. So while the intermittent diet or fasting has been you know, talked about as the godsend. Finally, we have something that's going to help everyone lose weight. It will for certain people, but it may not work for you. So you can try these programs. Like I say to people, try the law of attraction, try the secret, put thoughts out into the universe, but don't do shit. Don't do anything. Just keep putting positive thoughts out and sit in your room and see what happens. If the pizza man comes and he is freaking a hunk and he is incredibly gorgeous and he falls in love with you and you fall in love with him because you visualize the pizza man being the man of your dreams. That's a miracle. <laughs> Holy smokes. Wow. Well, I've just been sitting back listening and enjoying this and really liked how each story, um, you know, weaved into the next. And I think there's a lot of really great lessons in there. We only have five minutes left. I'd, I'd ask you a whole bunch of questions about um, everything in there. Um, they're all very powerful stories, but I guess the only practical one I'd like to ask is, you know, what's, what's the path that people can begin to take to, um, you know, start applying these solutions or, you know, to, to not get, there's so many deceptions, right? So many rabbit holes you can go in. And so if we want to start yeah. walking this honest path where we have, you know, joy and happiness and success and, and truth, where do we begin? And, and yeah, there's, there's so much there. So whatever you want to rent about uh, as fast as you can for five minutes, I'll just, I'm all ears. 
Matt, first of all, you know, you, you are really amazing. Um, you, you have a very strong presence as a host. You know, I, I've been a host forever. And it's rare that I see hosts that will sit back and allow a guest to go off the chain. And you allowed me to go off the chain. And it was important or you wouldn't have done it. So I want to thank you for your brilliance as a host of understanding that there were certain things being said that may not be popular, but you're allowing people to hear it. So I just want to give you the, the, credo, the, 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 the benefit of you should know. I hope you do know you're exceptional. Thank you. um, to answer your question, you know, the very first thing I ask my clients to do when we start is to create space in the morning that is electronic free. We have all of our clients. The goal is the first 60 minutes of the day should be electronic free. You may only start at 10 minutes because we have huge addictions. But, you know, if you look at commercials on TV and, you know, people look at where, where do people normally put their phones at night right next to their bed? And what happens first thing in the morning? They're addicted. You know, just like I know people in Russia um, and in uh, some other, you know, uh, uh, foreign countries that the first uh, beginning of their day before coffee is a shot of vodka. And it's it's been with them for their whole life. These are successful business people and everything else, but it's part of their culture, they say, part of the culture. Part of our culture is addiction to cell phones. So the first thing we say is shoot for 60 minutes being electronic free. If you have to start at 10 minutes, start at 10 minutes. That 60 minutes should be journaling, meditation. If you believe in prayer, prayer. Uh, reading something positive. But I want to show something, you know, this is called a book and it has pages. I know these are archaic things. There's not many people that, <laughs> that know what these are. So I just want it, it, to, it's flexible or it could be hardcover. Uh, you know, many centuries ago, people held them in their hands, you know? <laughs> and so we say to people, get rid of your freaking Kindles and all that crap. Get a book. You know, I don't care if it's scripture. I don't care if it's one of my books. I don't care if it's a Deepak book, a Wayne book, you know, but get a real freaking book, man, and get back into you, you know, forgive yourself for the wasted time on social media, but start to do something positive in the morning. And, and Matt, I got to tell you, every client that does this, and some will take two, three months to get the, up to that hour, you know, because the addiction is so deep that it'll take them that long to not turn on the news, the radio, the, you know, I say to people, they'll say, but I have to listen to the weather in the morning. I'll go open your freaking shade. <laughs> There's your weather report. <laughs> so listen, you know, I, I want, I don't want to be um, your father. You know, I don't want you, I don't want people thinking that I'm lecturing you, that you're doing everything wrong. I want to give you hope, man. You know, like we can change lives by changing an hour in the morning. I, I swear to God, it'll blow your mind what'll happen when you start to feel the peace in the morning. If you can sit outside, if it's not too cold, sit outside. If it's too cold, get a parka or something and sit outside. If you can't do that, sit inside, look out a window, but get engaged with daylight first thing in the morning. You know, like breathe, get an audio. And I know that's a little technology, but on, on meditation, you know, a guided voice guided meditation. If you have to start out like that, start out like that. But this is where I would begin, Matt. This is the first step for everyone is create space in the morning for you and your higher power, for you and your inner power. If you don't believe in a higher power, you got an inner power. Go ahead, nourish yourself, love yourself. First thing in the morning, put yourself as the priority. If it means you have to get up 30 minutes earlier to get up before the kids and your partner, do it. You'll be amazed in 30 to 60 days how much better you feel about yourself.
I love it. You know, you didn't hold any punches and I think it's important because I think if we're deceiving ourselves, um, it's, it's not, uh, we're not going to get to where we want to go, you know, and if we're doing things that are not useful, that's why I like testing a lot of different things. And I have very similar thoughts to you on the law of attraction, the positive thinking. I think we use it as a tool. Um, but luckily martial arts where, when I trained with the Shaolin monks, they did meditation and visualization and they punched a mother effing tree with their hands. For that's years. Right. So you yeah. need, you need both. And, and there is a business side of it. So I think that's so important. And I, and I think touching on the social media stuff and the distraction, like all that time and that energy um, moves into something that is not benefiting you in, in stoicism, they call it dead time, basically. So if you can move that into a live time and what you want to create yeah. is going to change your life. Um, and so you know, I could go on, but I know you gotta, I gotta run. I just appreciate you coming on and doing that power download for everybody, including myself, where I could just sit and enjoy and listen. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything that you wish that, uh, you could have, uh, said, gee, I usually, is there anything you wish I had asked, but is there anything left unsaid or, um, and where can people find more about you and your work if they want to get in touch? Um, you have the power to change starting today whatever you want to change. If it's an addiction, a relationship, if it's low self-confidence, low self-esteem, it's within you. It is. You have the power. There's no one outside of you that can do this work for you. Uh, there's no There's no book. There's no guru. There's no mentor. Now, mentors, gurus, guides can help you. Absolutely. And I encourage you to find a mentor. You know, I did the commencement address uh, at Syracuse University, and I ended it with saying one of the most powerful moves that every student when you graduate needs to do is immediately find a mentor. Find someone that is much smarter, much more successful, much more humble, much more vulnerable, much more everything than you and get into a track of learning self-love. Because when you have a mentor and you're following and you're doing things that are uncomfortable, you're getting up at 6 a.m. when you'd rather sleep till eight, you know, but that's your power. You have the power to change. There's not a drug that can change you. There's not a drink that can change. There's nothing but your willingness to look in the mirror be honest with yourself and change. It's a hard thing to do. We don't like to change. We like comfort zones. And a lot of our comfort zones are negative and they're holding us back. They're anchors on our back, Matt. For everyone with us today, you have this outrageous opportunity right now to see that beautiful love explode outside of yourself, but you're going to have to live life a little differently to do it. Maybe start by looking at people in a grocery store, specifically right in the eyes and smiling. Start saying hi to more people that you don't know. Look at the homeless in their eyes and say hi to them. You know, I have this great love for the homeless and we don't have enough hours to get into why, but I love the homeless. And when I see them on this corner of the street panhandling, I'll stop and I'll ask them their name. I want them to feel human. I want them to feel cared for. And I'll say, Mark, it's so great to meet you. Wow. How are you doing today? Are you collecting enough money for food? You know, because I always put it in the affirmative. I'm going to give you a couple dollars, Mark. I'm going to bless you, brother. Use it for some good, healthy food. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. If you're here, I'll say hi to you again. Let's get out of our comfort zone. Share your love. Do you know what, Matt? Most of us have so much love that's not shared on a daily basis. We keep it within, you know, we keep it all tied up. But if you look at some of the most amazing people, like um, if you know uh, Mother Amma, or if you know the Dalai Lama, they hug everyone. 
They look directly in people's eyes and smile. You know, there's a power in looking in someone's eyes that you don't know and smiling. You may be the only positive thing they get all day. You might change that day for them because you are that freaking powerful. Don't hold and hide that power that you have anymore. Let it out, share it, and you will be the beneficiary of something that you've never felt before. You'll feel the gratitude. You'll feel the joy. You'll feel the love. And if I can help you in any way whatsoever, go to talkdavid.com. It's the easiest name in the world to remember because all I freaking do, Matt, is talk. Talkdavid.com is the website. Go there. You can get a free 20-minute discovery call with me. You can sign up and we chat for free. I'll give you ideas and thoughts in 20 minutes that'll blow your freaking mind on how to get yourself from where you are to where you want to be. And if you want to work with me, we work with people from all over the world. We have a special going on right now. When you sign up for two or three months, you get an extra month free. We're doing everything we can to help more people. All of our books are there, talkdavid.com. But never forget this. The love you have inside of yourself that is not being shared is not only hurting you, but it's hurting the world. Start to smile. Start to look directly into eye contact. Let's rock this world. You have the power. I'm opening the doorway. I'm opening the gateway. I'm telling you how important you are and how more important you can be. Please take my words as gold because they are. And the next time I'm on with Matt, we're going to rock again. And I'm even going to let Matt ask three questions next time, <laughs> not one. <laughs> uh, David, well, this is a real treat. I just enjoyed sitting back listening. I was in the YouTube comments there and I was like, I'm just sitting back enjoying. I'm still here. But, you know, thank you so much for coming on for the work you've been doing. You've done this uh, a long time. And so when you do it for a long time, you interview these experts and you have all these experiences, you can learn what doesn't work and some of the traps that happen. And unfortunately, some of those take years. And I've had some painful lessons that unfortunately took me years of uh, nonsense to discover. So I um, always appreciate uh, being steered in the right direction. So thanks so much for your time and for your work. And uh, we'll see everybody in the next one. See you, Matt. See you later. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely amazing David Essel. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your feedback on this show, what you agreed with, what challenged you, and uh, you know what would you add to some of the perspectives that he offered? Because I think it's always a value to hear challenging opinions so that way we can look back at our own beliefs and our own values and our own thoughts and say, you know what, where is what he is saying or this view is uh, challenging me? What's true and, and why do I believe the thing that I believe? I think that's so incredibly powerful. So if it was challenging for you, I invite you to do that. And if you really enjoyed his message, um, that's great as well. So thank you guys so much for listening to this show. I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, please share it far and wide. Also consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you can on Spotify as well. And if you want to send me any of your questions, your comments, concerns, matt at zenathlete.com. And the best way to stay in touch is joining the email list when you go over to mattbelair.com. So thank you guys so much for listening to this show. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we end it off wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with joy peace contentment enthusiasm faith courage and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day thank you so much for listening and i'll see you in the next episode